Welcome back. This is Jim Cimbala, Senior Pastor of the Brooklyn Tabernacle. We are going to continue my new series, The Calling, a podcast for Christian leaders. Christianity is about following the Lord, but a lot of people like that saying, follow the money, follow the money. Let's talk about money. Money and the leader, money and the pastor, raising money, salaries, how do you live? This is a very real concern to every pastor, especially those starting out, smaller churches, smaller towns. How do I live and support my family? There's bivocational pastors, nothing wrong with that. There's pastors fully salaried. What we have to remember though all the time is that our eyes have to be on the Lord. Like we tell our members, remember, thank God for your job, and your supply comes from God. He might use a company, but don't put your eyes on the company. Your support, every good and perfect gift comes from God. When I went in the ministry, my wife and I came to a rundown little building in downtown Brooklyn, very depressing. And the first offering I took as the pastor, I was installed there, less than 20 people, sometimes 11 or 12 on a Sunday, and sometimes on the midweek service Tuesday night, you, you, you wouldn't want to go to one of those. Two, two people. There I was on the platform walking back and forth trying to be a minister. Oh my goodness. My wife and I realized we had one child already, my oldest girl, and my wife got a second job and I got a second job. I did some basketball coaching. Why? Because we had to pay our bills. So there's nothing wrong with that. Paul, you know, had a second trade as a tent maker. And at certain times in his life, he practiced that so he would relieve financial pressure for the new fledgling church that he had started and wouldn't be a burden to them. So we have to make a living. And that is very challenging at times. But you do what you have to do. So be encouraged. You know, whatever season you're going through, God is going to be faithful. God's going to bring you through. One thing I learned along the way that a man of God told me and analyze it, it sounds a little flippant, but it's, I've learned it. So be encouraged, you know, whatever season you're going through, God is gonna be faithful. You're not the first person to have it hard. God's gonna bring you through. One thing I learned along the way that a man of God told me, and analyze it, it sounds a little flippant, but it's, I've learned it's true. We now have a staff of 80 something people, right? And in this magnificent building and supporting missionaries around the world. Well, one truth is this, more sheep give more wool. When converts come and we do the work of the Lord right and people are converted, not everyone will be converted, but when more people come and they're taught to give, you don't have to be greedy and grab it for yourself, but just by the nature of things, those that preach the gospel should live by the gospel. And as more sheep come, more monies are made available to do a host of important good things. So money is warned about in the Bible where it says in 1 Timothy 9 and 10, those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people, he's talking about Christians, eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. So we have to keep that in mind for ourselves because money is a trap. Money, money has a seductive power. A lot of ministers and leaders have lost their way because of the lure of money. 
One thing to offset that is to, I've tried to practice, and I, I learned it from my parents and from my late father-in-law, is practice generosity. Try to pick up the tab everywhere you go as you're able. Just bless people. Just bless people. Because God will bless you. As you're generous, there's no formula to it in exact amounts, but God will provide and bless us if he sees us blessing people. There was a guy in my wife's choir. He was famous. He would give people $50 handshakes. You know, at the end of the choir, he wanted to be led by God. He, he'd just shake hands with one of the choir members, and they would have a $50 bill, right? And he would just do this sporadically. Unfortunately, the word got out. So when practice ended, everybody was heading to that guy like, bro, let's, let's shake hands. Come on, how are we doing? I sometimes, at the end of a service, you know, if I was a little short, said, maybe I should go over and greet him. No, just joking. But to be generous, my father-in-law one time said to me, no, I have to pay this bill, Jim. I am under such strain financially right now. If I don't start blessing people, how will God bless me? I had no idea what he was talking about way back then when he said it. But it's a good rule. The generous soul shall be made fat. And that's not in becoming more corpulent. That means God will bless you. The scripture warns us about this trap of money, and yet we can go the other way and so dismiss money like it's a dirty thing and shouldn't be talked about. I made that mistake when I first went in the ministry. I took the worst offerings like no one took worse offerings than me. I still don't take them well, I believe. Some people can do it in a spiritual way, not gimmicky way. We have to take offerings in a way to tell the people to pay the bills and the overhead. We need money. We have a budget. The church you come to, where we worship, this is real. Here's the needs. Let's pray and teach liberal giving and hope that God gives them the grace of giving. Remember, giving is a grace. It's not something you can teach about it. But unless God puts it in, in someone's heart, they're going to be, they can end up being tight as a crab and not share with anybody. As we take offerings, I've learned the best offerings, the best blessing that God gives is when you do it sincerely, honestly, from your heart. No gimmicks. I was once in a church somewhere in another part of the country. I wasn't speaking in that meeting, but the guy said, we're going to take the offering now. Now, take out your wallet and hand it to the person next to you. And they're going to take out the bill they feel you should give, and you'll get their wallet. And I was thinking, are you nuts? If I did that in Brooklyn, not knowing who's in the audience, folks will be heading to the exit with a lot of wallets. But that's gimmicky. If someone else has to take the money out of my, my wallet to give, how would God be pleased with that? No, he loves a cheerful giver, someone who's happy to do it. So let's just talk about another aspect of giving. Let's talk about fundraising, building programs, or when you're under the gun and you're in a building program. So let's talk about that this way. Here's what I've learned, and I try to tell people everywhere. Let's be sure God is leading us and we're in God's will before we add the gym to the church or the fellowship hall or a new building or whatever. Let's make sure we really need that. You know, a lot of people, they're not even filling their main building uh, for one service or two. It's half full in each, but they have to build a bigger building, and mm, that can get very dubious. And it affects the people because if giving and money is all you talk about and they're going through their own problems, it's like, why go to church to hear this guy talk about money all the time? Got to be careful. If we're in God's will, there'll be an umbrella 
And we got to consult with other pastors and leaders that are with us. You can't be the Lone Ranger. You need people saying, yes, we've prayed, we fasted. God is in this. God is leading us to do this, then he will supply. But even when he supplies, and even when you're in God's will, he permits us to get into some tight spots. Yes, tight spots. Testing our faith, developing our faith. So here's an encouragement. I tell this testimony because some of you listening to me right now might be facing a need. I remember when I went in the ministry, I needed $500 to fix the burner in that building that we started in. I thought that $500 was like $5 billion. I tried to raise money. It was pitiful. I was so discouraged that afternoon when the pledges were so, just so meager. But you learn to trust God. And you don't take your eyes off of God. So one time, we're in the middle of this multiplied, well, dozens of millions of dollars to get into our present campus. Dozens of millions. Buy it, fix it up. Gorgeous theater that was built in 1918. And we decide to restore it to the way it looked like in 1943. So anyway, someone called and said, we want to help you. We want to make a loan to you. A very, very gracious uh, religious organization, which I was not part of that denomination. Unheard of thing. And they helped us with a loan of millions of dollars. So we're going to work our way through this. I get a call from one of their people who says, you know, I don't know what, how the guys figuring this out came to the conclusion to help you because you're $6 million short. Even with the money we give you, you don't have $6 million. You're not going to finish phase one, which means, my friend, you will not meet in your building and you can't have church. And that's the way it goes. I said, well, you know, you call me, the organization offered this, I'll do my best, we're going to trust God. You're going to trust God? That's great. Now, how are you going to get the money? You know, a lot of people have weird concepts of faith. He kept saying to me, it irritated me, he kept saying to me, what are you going to like, call a day of fasting and prayer? Well, we might do that. That's great. Now, how are you going to get six million? Because, you know, we're going to be hung out to dry here. So I terminated the phone call, ended up in Argentina. Ended up taking a walk, telling my wife I'm going out, because $6 million will get your attention. Don't know anyone, I'm not even home, I'm spending more money trying to bless pastors in Argentina. What to do? I walked, I walked for hours, wept like a baby, just went to God and said, God, all the, everybody felt we should do this project, and now, I didn't know it's $6 million short, I, I'm not a financial genius, so I just called on the Lord. Listen, when you're under the gun, you got to get alone with God and call on him and stand on those promises like, my God shall supply all of your needs. I prayed until I prayed through. I know it's an old phrase. You might know what, know what it means or think it's emotionalism. I prayed to, to the point where I got peace as if God was saying, I got you. That's the truth. Went back, 10-hour flight from Buenos Aires to New York, went into the office the next day. Oh, emails, phone messages, all this stuff. I got all this stuff, mail to open, all this stuff. At 12 noon, I opened up a letter from a man in Chicago that I had met once. I wouldn't have known his face if he walked in my office. He said, your wife recorded a song. The words of that song spoke to me and directed me in a certain way where I saved myself from losing all the money that my estate had. It would have been cataclysmic loss. You know, I don't know how God used that song, but I just want you to know I'm giving you a million dollars. I was like happy, 
like, yeah, a million dollars. So I went to the finance department. We high five. We did the bump like a million dollars. Praise God. He knew nothing about my need. I go back as God is listening to me. Ten minutes later, I open another letter from someone I've yet to meet. She prefers to remain anonymous. My foundation heard about your building project. We believe in what you're doing. We're giving you $5 million. Ten minutes. Six million dollars. Not seven. Not four. Exactly the amount that the guy almost mockingly said to me, how are you going to get six million dollars? So I want you to know, the same God that supplied and continues to supply from me, I'm nobody. I'm not important. I'm no great spiritual giant. But God is faithful. God is faithful. What he did for me, he'll do for you. He will supply our needs. Don't be afraid. Pray and believe in the living God. Amen.